to the Of The Earth podcast. This is a place where we take time from our busy lives to remember the planet we're living on, the relations that support us, and our sense of belonging as children of this beautiful earth. I'm your host, Mariana Rittenhouse. Simply put, I'm a woman who sees life where others don't and teach humans to do the same. I do this by leading tea ceremonies, teaching personal tea ritual, and mentoring women in their spiritual reawakening to the earth. I created the Of The Earth podcast to re-inspire your innate connection to Mother Nature, so you can find deeper meaning in life and truly remember why you're here. Because even if you don't believe it, you belong. You really do. Thank you so much for being, and thank you for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. It's Mariana, and welcome back to Of the Earth. It's been a few months since I have shared a new episode here, and for good reason. I have just been present in the in my actual life, (laughs) traveling around, enjoying the fall, spending quality time with my loved ones, and it's felt so good. And also, I'm so excited to be back here, feeling more creative again, feeling more external again, and I'm going to share a lot about that in a coming episode. But you know, throughout the the last couple of months, I've been doing some podcast interviews and some fun things that you're going to you're going to experience in the next few weeks. So did not forget about you. And I'm happy to be back. I'm happy you're back. I'm happy we're gathering again here in the digital space. And so without further ado, today we have an awesome interview with my good friend, Allison. Allison Strickland is a Brooklyn-based artist. She does these gorgeous meditation paintings and oracular sessions called The Opening. And she works with people in helping them, you know, we talk a lot about in the episode about how it's hard to define, but let me just give it a try. She works with them kind of to help what's happening inside or spiritually be manifest in the material world through her work. She just has such just such a special connection to spirit through creativity and art. And she infuses each of her paintings with her oracular vision as well as prayer. And so they're really gorgeous. You've you've got to check them out. I'll put her work and her website in the show notes. And the other exciting thing about Allison is that I've invited her to join my Ceremony of Life retreat in Colombia, and there she's going to be guiding us through a spiritual painting journey. And I'm so excited for it. She and I have been friends for many years, and this collaboration feels like many years coming as well. So we spent a little bit of time in this episode also just chatting about Colombia, about our hopes, our dreams, and sending you all a beautiful invitation to join us. And so I'll leave it there. We'll dive into the episode and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for being here, loves. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for our guest today, a dear sister, a dear friend, Allison Strickland. Welcome, welcome to Of the Earth. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's really good to be here with you. It's really good to be in this conversation. Yeah, it feels like it feels like a long time coming. I, I'm just trying to even remember when we met how many years ago that was. It must have been eight years ago, something like that, which feels so crazy. Was it eight? I've it lived, wasn't eight. I've lived in Colorado for six years now. Oh my god. We're old. It's happening. Okay, Aging whoa, is whoa. Happening. whoa, whoa. You jumped <laughs> to wear old way too quick. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel when I'm like, that much time has passed. What I thought was two years was oh. 10. Oh, there's only one conclusion. I met you a year into living into New York. That feels crazy to me. I've been here for, I'm coming up on nine years in a couple months. It probably would have been... I guess it, I guess like between seven and eight years, I think we're like in our eighth year. You know what I mean? Like how the year between seven and eight is the eighth year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think it's truly meaningless. Yeah, I know. So weird, but yeah. So, (laughs) so to say this feels like a long time coming (laughs) feels accurate. (laughs) Very. Yeah. Um, Well, Let's begin how I begin every episode, which is just sharing what's happening on the earth around you in the ecosystem Mm -hmm. so we can root this episode into space and time. Mm. Well, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and it is the sky is really interesting, actually. Um, So there it's it's very light gray. Um, There's no sun break. It is just like a solid wash of this like not quite icy sorry obviously this is where I get into like color I have to explain like this specific color because that's how my brain works I mean um yeah it, go for it <laughs> it's uh it is this it's like really pale pale like white gray there's snow flurries it's starting to get cold um yeah, you know, like those days where you feel like the outside is truly reflecting the inside. This is mm. this is how I feel today. I feel very like gray, not in a somber Eeyore way, but in just like a very, it's like that, like smoke, smoke mm. colored. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it can, I, I feel, it's funny, I, I've been feeling like that a little bit myself in terms of almost like things just are the way they are. Um, Like it's not, it's just a very, like maybe a grounded energy and it's, Mm -hmm. it's not excited. It's not, not excited. You know, like you're saying like this gray, but not an Eeyore gray. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Settling in, settling in for the season. Um, Yeah. I can definitely tell that you're an artist based on how you shared that. So thank you for, <laughs> for sharing the, mm. the way you see the <laughs> world. It's funny how like the, what the mind does, because immediately I'm like, don't do it. Don't go like, just answer the question. I'm like, I can't figure out what color gray this is. Stop the podcast. <laughs> I have to pinpoint. This is James gray with a hint of titanium white. You're like, let me get my Pantone book. Hold one second, please. <laughs> exactly. You're like, no, just just say it's cold out, please. 
you know, you're, it's, it reminds, it, it makes me think of my product days in the marketing natural foods world where we could just spend hours debating between two shades of the same color. And that would drive mm. me crazy. I would have to hold in every, with every fiber of my being wanting to be like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one in the grocery store is going to think if only this yellow were a little lighter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And they don't know I, they're I, thinking it, but they are thinking it. You you would thrive in those conversations. <laughs> that used to actually be like my secret dream when I was a kid is I just wanted to be the person that named nail polishes. I still will mm. put everything and do that if someone offers me a job. So okay, that noted. It works for Effie. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we have a cold, somewhat gloomy day in New York. I'm in Boulder at home, and it's actually really warm here. Uh, yesterday was 60 degrees. I was in a t-shirt outside all day. It was so beautiful. Um, really enjoying the land here. And I saw bear print in the snow, which was so Ooh. cute. It was so perfectly well-defined, and I was just like, I see you. I see you, Mr. Bear. Um and then now, you know, yesterday was a calm day. Today it's similar, but it's windy. And huh, the wind is just like that person in your community that you don't love, but is always there. <laughs> Shows up every <laughs> once in a while. And you're like, you I like know wind? you belong. The amount of wind that happens here, it's like it wakes you up in your sleep wind. And so it's just this constant feeling of like, I know you belong and I appreciate you and I know you're playing your part and I care for you. And also, please be quiet. <laughs> please stop shaking my house. I get like very grumpy with the wind. So, um, so yeah, we have we have a little wind right now it's died down, which is good. I hope it stays like that. But that, that's kind of how it is here in the winter or in the fall. It's like, mm -hmm. if it's really cold, it's not windy. And if it's warmer, if we're having one of those warmer days, it tends to also be windy. Mm, so yeah. 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 So that's me here in Colorado. Um, beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you here on the podcast today just so that everyone knows. So Allison and I, we met many years ago in a shamanic apprenticeship that we did for a year or so. And, you know, I always think about these things that we do, whether it's a, an apprenticeship or a course or a retreat or whatever. I always like to think of what did I receive from them. And, and it's not always the only thing, but a lot of times what I received was a connection, a friend, a sister, something mm -hmm. that, was worth all of the stuff, all of the, the labor, the pains, the whatever came up in those processes. And uh, yeah, Allison, you're definitely that for me from that space. Mm, yeah, I, I think I yeah. look fondly on that time. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, it was it was kind of like when it was before like spirituality was kind of like big in the social media world. And so mm -hmm. it felt like, I don't know, it still felt like this kind of like secret door experience, which felt really special where it was just like, oh yeah, like all of these like like-minded people kind of got magnetized together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm very grateful for that time. 
Yeah, me too. And it was truly an experience or like an extension of our own healing. It was coming from such a genuine place, not to be something else, but to actually understand who we are and what we're what we're here to do and how to thrive in the world. Um, yeah. Not oriented in some sort of career or certification or anything, but truly just like that level deeper in our own path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, even since that time, like our, our lives have shifted so much. Sometimes I, mm. I'm shocked that it wasn't that long. It actually feels longer in when yeah. I think of who I was then or how much has happened in my life since then. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to share with everyone? I mean, people here know what I do, but do you want to share a little bit about your work mm. and what you do? Yes. Um, so I am essentially an oracular artist. I found that's the fastest way to talk about what I do. I really believe that our objects all carry an energy, all of their own, and we're in relationship with them. And um, what we're, we surround ourselves with are made intentionally. It can affect our life just like any other relationship um, and add to it um, or subtract. I mean, I, I think that that's why it's like everyone kind of has access to this knowing because it's like when you walk into a place and it doesn't feel right, you're kind of like, Oh, it feels off here. And I don't know why. And to me, it's like an accumulation of the objects, what happened there in the past. It's all kind of like informing us in this like psycho spiritual level. Um, so I just became really interested in, um, what that looks like when you're really intentional about it. And then mm. because I'm an artist, I've always been an artist. It's like, how do I use that to inform my work? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Can you speak a little bit more on this word oracular? Because I love mm. this word. I use it myself. And I find that most people are like, what? When I say it. And mm. what do you mean? Because oh, often we don't use that word oracle or oracle as an adjective. So I'd love to hear more of your point of view on oracular in your oracular artistry. Mm. I feel like oracular to me really means like a relationship with the unseen. Um, I, I've thought about this a lot. Like it, it is an intuitive ability. And I think about it in terms of like, oh, is it psychic space? It's like, you know, there's all the kind of like lanes that people find themselves in. And I find that it's not necessarily predictive, which is where I would place like a psychic, although it is still like a psychic space. It's not predictive to me. It's more like following a thread um, and essentially being a channel. I feel like all artists are channel channels and it's basically just opening yourself up to let in in my belief system god source to move through you create through you send messages through you so it's really more about like getting out of the way um Mm -hmm. and letting this kind of like spiritual element pass through you and that can show up in many ways so um painting in sessions, in writing, I think writers are channels. I, I think it's any creative place with intention. And when you essentially do the work to become a refined instrument, you are a, an instrument for the divine. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. It's, um, I experienced that a lot in, in speaking. So in my mm. classes, but, and then also in silence through ceremony as well, it's, can you actually be the physical being on earth that has the ability to pick up the paintbrush, to open your mouth, to, you know, mm. pour some tea and mm-hmm. do that part, <laughs> realizing that, yeah we can really do the physical and allow the spiritual to, to run through us doing the spiritual. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like you're driving the car and there's a GPS system. So it's like your hands are still on the wheel. You're still participating. Um, and it's not all you, but it's not, not you either. Yeah. And it's like, can you listen and follow the instructions? And I think yes. that's where like our minds come in. They're like, wait, but I know a better route. Oh, right. I think that's not the way I would go. And then you go there and you're like, yeah, well, you know, there was an accident there or (laughs) there was something that was, there was a reason that it was happening the way that it happened. And so it's interesting how, like, when we think about spirit being, um, being like, if we think of our channel, the heaven to earth channel, spirit being above earth being below, um, Mm -hmm. there's we have our heart and then the mind in between our heart and spirit above. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. it's like a constant question. Like when we're, when we're saying get out of the way, I really think of it as here, our mind, can we get our mind out of the way so that that can actually be quite clear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The mind and agenda. I feel like a constant practice for me is just kind of like, can I just release agenda? And that's why like having a painting practice is a, is a good, like visible way that it's like, okay, I might have an idea of what I want something to look like and it might look like that and it might not. And I think the same thing happens when we speak, the same thing happens when we write. It's like, I have a direction, but if I can release agenda, then I can also be open to like, okay, but what actually wants to happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really sweet when we have those moments right? When we see the beauty that comes through from letting go of our agenda and getting out of the way. And, and it feels really collaborative. It feels good to collaborate with spirit, to feel chosen, to feel like this. um, Yeah, that we're not the only ones holding the vision. And that there's other beings that care and are a part of it. And yeah, it feels really good. Sometimes I, sometimes when I'm teaching or channeling in that space I'll hear myself I'll hear like a separate it's like a different part of me is like hearing what I'm saying and then that part is like wow I've never thought about about it like that before and I'm having this like dual experience um yeah it's funny my I and my students always laugh at me because I tell them all the time I'm like I don't remember what I said they're like, can you repeat that? I'm like, I don't know what it was right. because I'm out of that. It's not, my mind can't recall it. And so, yeah. and it's, and in those moments, it feels really sweet. It's like, oh, I'm getting so much more out of this than I could have gotten by just yeah. being a lone ranger. <laughs> Ram Das calls that rent-a-mouth, which I love. <laughs> rent-a-mouth. Yeah, my mouth is being rented. Gosh, it takes a lot of security to 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 live in those spaces. Oh, absolutely. I feel like I'm yeah. in a constant coming out process. Like I, I when I first started painting, 
um, nobody had any idea what I was doing. And I, in, in many ways, people probably still don't. Um, it's been a really interesting journey figuring out how to talk about it because it's like there is this ineffable quality there is a mystery there's so much to it that it's like you know i wish i actually knew what it was or why it worked it's just kind of like i am organized like this for whatever reason and also i have practices to kind of like Mm -hmm. you know refine the channel be a clear person um Mm -hmm. deal with my own shit can Mm -hmm. say shit on your podcast now yeah, I'm just like yeah, talking on the phone all the time. Oh, it's my friend on the phone. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like yeah, I have my my practices that support it, and also it's just kind of like yeah, why, why, why is there this sensitivity? I I don't know exactly, um, and so it's really interesting to try to like continually explain it. It's I think I, it's I feel the same way talking about art. It's intimate. It feels, I think it's, it's kind of fun. yeah. It's intimate, it's like raw and and it's connected to your essence and your soul and it's it's an intimacy that we that isn't common in our culture. And yeah. I think I it's funny, I think about that with my classes and courses. A lot of times it's like I don't have much that's just publicly available. Um, I have this mm-hmm. podcast and social media and stuff, but everything else, like if I like teach a free class, I'm not one of those people who's like, here, watch my class from seven years ago. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's so intimate. I think the time and space piece is really important, which is why I like to ground all of these podcasts in time and space. Um, mm-hmm. But it can feel like really sometimes jarring to me when someone, you know, says, oh, like when you talked about this thing and I can't remember when I said it and maybe they watched something that was really old or I said something really personal at a time back then that I can't remember that I said it now. And it's like, it's this weird, (laughs) it's this weird thing where I don't know when you have something that you're channeling and then it's there for longer, Mm -hmm. which I guess is like a painting in a way it's, it's like, does it allow, do we allow for evolution when we speak, especially in this day and age? Is it concrete? Um, can people, can, you know, cause in a way this work besides being difficult to understand is always changing. Yeah. It's always changing. And also, I think that that's where you have to like also release the, the agenda about it even more. I, I Years ago, when I was really starting to like share my painting for the first time, it was just kind of like I was talking to my mom and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't I don't love this. I don't like it. Like stuff wasn't coming out the way I wanted it to. But it felt like I was still supposed to share it. And she was just like, you have right. to remember um, your art isn't for you. <laughs> you don't have to actually like anything you do. Um, mm. It feels very much aligned. My mom does not. I'm, I'm fairly certain. I can't say it for sure. I don't think she's read the Bhagavad Gita, but I, it sounds a little bit like you are not entitled to the fruit of your labor. Um, <laughs> where it's just like, yeah, you make it and release it, and and I think that there is an element that it's like that's that collaborative process with spirit. That it's like, you know what? I trust that even if this is not for me, it's for mm. someone. Mm. Yeah. 
And it's that this is helping clarify for me a little bit of what I would say is like when you identify the thing that's coming through something greater than you with you, it's uncomfortable. Right. Because it in in the desire to define, in the desire to understand is actually defining it wrong. Is yes. actually not understanding that, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, that's the most like monkey boot aspect of that. It's like, you know, <laughs> if you're someone who's like a creative or a spiritual person or someone who's blending the both, the two of those things that it's like, we also to like put ourselves out in the world. It's like, people want to understand the package. They want to put it in a box. It's like, what am I getting? What am I looking at? Um, especially with social media, everything is so like just singular and mm-hmm. um, like, like there's just like this loss of dimensionality where it's like, Oh yeah. Where, where is the mystery? Where does the mystery go in a society where we also have to like make things clear? I mean, the mystery is dripping across your canvases <laughs> into my people. <laughs> like, I feel like our work is just like on both hands, like so full of it. And yeah, it's one of my biggest frustrations is I'm like, you can't market the mystery. <laughs> yeah people have to trust and they have to come in and and it's like yes you know then and then so many of them I don't know if this happens with your clients but definitely with mine of they'll come in and then they'll be like I can't put it into words and I'm like oh I wish you could have put it into words because I can't put it into words and like (laughs) the marketing conundrum continues yeah I think I think the yeah. truth is that when you're when you're working with the mystery, what is being asked of the person step in, that step in is, do you trust yourself? And it's not something mm-hmm. that we can give someone. It's not something that we can invite them to trusting themselves. But I think when someone comes to work with you to do a custom painting or someone decides to invite tea into their lives, like there are so many ways that you could do custom art and be in control that you could learn tea. You can learn tea anywhere in a different way and feel like mm-hmm. I have a lot of knowledge. I have all these things and, you know, feel really secure in it. But when you come into the oracular to the mysterious arts, it's like you have to step in and say, I trust myself. Yes. And yes. trust is, is a rare currency. It's a, in this world right now. Yes, it is. Well, I think that part of like what makes that like more palatable, at least to me, is that it's like, I can trust myself in this next step. And even if I can't exactly tell what's going to happen 10 steps away, it's like, okay, I have this call. I really am curious about tea. Um, what does it mean? I don't know. I'm going to answer this one thing, which is I want to go to a tea ceremony. I want to sit for tea. So it's like, it's interesting. I think that it's like this whole, um, I think trust feels like a really large concept in many ways. Mm -hmm. And it's actually Mm -hmm. like, um, it's just trusting one step at a time and trusting that like, okay, if I need to turn around or change directions, I can, I can trust that too. Cause Lord knows I've changed directions a bazillion times in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, even when I think the hardest thing in trust is when we feel like we didn't get something out of it, if that makes sense. Like mm. I yeah. tried something 
and it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I needed. So in that moment, I say this for everyone, because I think this is the hardest point, the hardest time to trust. And in that moment, what you can say is, I trust that this is how I needed to learn that this wasn't for me. Right? Like, Mm, I trust, I trust my knowing that this isn't for me. And sometimes, you know, people are so afraid of choosing the wrong thing. But I find that if you choose the wrong thing, at least you're no longer thinking about it, thinking about choosing it, and you're moving in the right direction, because you now know that that's not for you. And it's funny how much people can hold themselves back being like, it might be for me, it might not be for me, it might be for me, it might not be for me five years go by. And it's like, well, if you just done it, and found out it wasn't for you, you might actually be where you wanted to go. So it's like, can we not just, um, can we trust enough to just keep moving forward and to trust ourselves that no matter what happens, we'll stay true to self. We won't abandon self. And um, yeah, that's, you know, I think that's the, the hardest, the hardest one for, for me to kind of to switch is when I feel like I'm not getting something out of this. This was a mistake. Mm, Can I trust that everything's adding up? Like that I wouldn't be who I am today. I can't like that. I can't receive any of the good things in my life without receiving all of the mistakes because they were a part of me getting here. Yeah. It's actually kind of, it sounds like you're talking about the fact that there really maybe aren't any mistakes. Like maybe nothing is a mistake. It's just yeah. a learning experience. And sometimes yeah. it's like a choice goes into something that feels good. I, I feel like the saying is like, mistakes today, lessons tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Or mistakes today, lessons <laughs> yeah. after I meditate. Just like how <laughs> acute is the pain. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, well, can you, I'm just thinking about what you shared with me the other day and that one of your clients said to you about your work, like when they were in it, what was it like? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When he was just like, Oh, nobody has any idea what you're doing. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, no, I, I know. Um, it's funny because it's like that. That is the same thing that it's like people kind of get this whisper. This, I'm drawn to what you're doing, and then when we sit together, it's just like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it, but nothing. I, and this thing, this mm-hmm. thing keeps happening where I think I'm being crystal clear, and the people are so like, what? I did not know it was this. So mm-hmm. yeah, this this um, lovely person was basically we finished our sit together um so I do a an oracular sit which is an essentially like intuitive reading and then I create your painting from that and he was just like oh yeah nobody knows what you're doing <laughs> like yeah I think that's true and he, mm-hmm. he was just like you're he's like you're essentially taking someone's spiritual material and assembling it and I was like yeah oh yeah sometimes it's that better feels, that feels that feels yeah, really sometimes it's better for someone to reflect it back to you. Easier, easier for someone else to say. I mean, I so just so that yeah. everyone knows, Allison is joining me in Colombia yeah. on my ceremony of life retreat this February, which I'm super, super, super excited about. 
And yesterday we actually did our first Oracle reading for, um, for the retreat. So I asked Allison, I was like, Hey, can we actually sit down and do a reading for the, the being that is ceremony of life versus me or her or what have you? Um, and it really helps because I'm not one of those people who's going to market a retreat a year in advance. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing in a year. I mean, I know that I might be at this retreat, but I'm going to become a, a vastly different person in the meantime. And so as the, as the season now, like we're in that season, I'm saying, I'm like, ah, okay, what's happening? Yeah. What are we, what are we going to be doing here? And, you know, right away, I felt it like right away. I was like, oh, that's what I, I really understand how this is beneficial. I don't know if it's something that you've done for people with the the beings of their, like the entities of their work before, but I really mm-hmm. felt it right away. Like, oh, I can see myself doing this with Allison a lot for a lot of my, of my work because it is so much like its own being. And it is so much, it, it, I feel like a mother with children that are different ages and that have different needs. And sometimes I'm like, what do you guys want to do this year? (laughs) You know, what's like how, you know, at the beginning, it's more me just like with a baby. It's like more the mother making the decisions. And then some of my, some of my offerings are a few years old now and they can walk on their own and they don't need as much support. And it's so it really, I really feel like I have this little family of like who wants to be when, or who's still in the spirit world and not yet ready to come material yet. And so it felt like since both of our works in the mystery, it felt like, Oh, you're like speaking my language. Like you're speaking mm-hmm. the language of the and the souls of the, the offerings versus like the material world piece which I can figure out (laughs) right I I love describing them as your babies Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because like that is like the creative process again these are this is something flowing through you birth through you and you have your mm-hmm. hands on the wheel and it's also not. Oh yeah, here. that's so, so true. Like, I, I mean, I my name means mother of mothers. So this mother energy is I, really kind of strong for you. Huh? That. Yeah. Yeah. So that. it's always something I sit with. Um, Does it really? Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. But yeah, I'm so, I, speaking of mother, you know, that's been really coming up strongly for me in the energy mm-hmm. of the retreat this year and so for just to level set with everyone so um ceremony of life is a tea nature and creativity Mm -hmm. retreat and last year was the first year that I did it oh it was so beautiful honestly I feel like I had to go through the entire retreat process just to even truly understand myself what it is that we're doing there and really feels like this beautiful, beautiful spiritual offering to the land, Um, spiritual offering to the earth. I really felt the pilgrimage of everyone who came. And because it's with tea and some of the people who come, everyone's in different stages of their tea journey. So some people are just there receiving. Some people are there 
assisting in ceremonies. Some people are there practicing serving ceremonies and assisting in ceremonies and receiving. So it's kind of like we come together all speaking the same spiritual language through ritual and offer it. Like we want to be there to offer our ceremony to each other. And it was felt so nourishing for the earth. And this is something that the the tribes that live in that area also do. They go, they make pilgrimages to make spiritual offerings to the earth. And it felt like this modern interpretation of that. And for me, creativity is really important to the human experience. Anyone who's wanting to live a life that is more in connection to the earth needs to allow creativity to move through them because we are creative beings. And unlike other beings on this planet, just as I said around spirit, we're the ones who have the capacity to pick up the paintbrush, to write something down, to sing a song. Um, You know, some other animals and stuff. Yeah, they can do some of it, but we just have this endless well of creativity and I think it's like through through creation that we can truly understand what it means to live in on such a creative planet that's so abundant. Um, so it's always a part of it. <laughs> Creativity, essential part of coming back to the earth. You will learn so much yes. about yourself, about life by creating. Yes. Yes. So it is the, it is so human. It's, it is the first thing we do once our basic needs are met is we beautify, we create, it's, it's like number one on the docket after. I talked about this on a different podcast episode. (laughs) Shelter. I can't remember which one, but some of you guys have probably heard it, but it's one of my favorite kind of stats, which is um, essentially in the Paleolithic times, I believe the lower Paleolithic, um, (laughs) the people on average worked 18 hours a week in order to meet their survival needs. And it was a pretty peaceful time on this planet. And it was then when people had all this spare time that creativity started. This is when arts and culture became a thing. And I always think of that because so, you know, it feels, I try and model my life after that. How can I actually create this, create space for creativity and meet my survival needs with less effort, Mm -hmm. like a few hours a day. Like that's essentially, it was like three hours a day on average is what someone would spend surviving. Now we have eight, nine hours a day. And it's the, the switch from living earth-based to living agrarian is what created longer workdays. And the workdays moved to eight to nine to 10 hours mm-hmm. once we started trying to control nature through farming and agriculture. And so it's like the more that we live earth-based, the more creative we get to be. Interesting. And, you know, after, The the thing that it breaks my heart are the number of people who think that they are not creative. And it's just totally, like, you just don't have the space to, 
to hear how creativity wants to move you. And it's like, is everyone an artist? No, not necessarily. Is everyone creative? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And even that is like an artist to our standards today. Oh, this is, I could really go in on that. I think, yes, it is 100% our standards today. And I also think that it's like, to be an artist is really a way, like it's its own Tao. And I feel like, you know, mm -hmm. could anyone do it? Yes, if they commit to that way of being. Is that, you know, natural for everybody that like specifically like an art maker, a maker of things? I think it's, I think it's mm -hmm. a little bit of an offshoot, but I do think everybody's creative. That's not a very popular opinion yeah. because I do think that everybody wants to be like, everyone's artist, everyone's ar artist. And I, I, I also used to say that. And I'm just like, I think it's actually everyone's creative because I do think in our society, part of that, part of this idea that anybody can do it is also why we don't value our artists. Exactly. Um, except for like the, the very few per like small percent of, artists who are like making millions of dollars like we've learned to quantify artistic success with money and I'm not talking about that but I am talking about like the commitment to the discipline of art totally yeah I feel that as I feel that as in ceremony as well of like there is a difference and I hate saying that I hate being like there's a difference between when I serve a ceremony and someone who just went to their first tea ceremony yesterday and decided to serve a ceremony like it can look the same but there's a felt mm -hmm. difference. And in some ways I hate saying that. And also I think it's important to say it not to put people down, but actually to give them somewhere to go to understand right. that there is more than just how something looks or being able to say that it was done that creates right. our being like, otherwise we're just empty inside. It's the shell that's, you know, we're not filled up. We're not nourished. We're not we're not meeting our true emotional, spiritual needs through mm -hmm. doing that thing. So um, yeah, I feel, I feel that as well. And I think the way I look at it is, is like, what's your sacred task in life? And it's not everyone's mm -hmm. sacred task to be an artist. And I think, yeah, exactly. I think that what I would, if I were to just edit what I said to build on what you're saying is not every artist is a good artist by our standards today. That's what mm -hmm. I would say. Like, yeah. I remember, um, it's like someone's sacred task could be to be an artist. And then what they make may not be considered beautiful according to our culture. And we would say that they're not an artist. Mm -hmm. We could project that onto them. Right. And I think that um, but they can still have what you're speaking to and that can be Absolutely. their sacred task. And so, yes. yeah, I think it's more that piece of art doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. Or even be like how you make your money. I think there's a lot of conflation totally. of like your purpose is also your job. It's like, I'm really not speaking to that either. It doesn't have to make you money. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to do any of the kind of like stereotypical what does success mean in our society but I do think that there is a commitment there is a discipline there is an orientation yeah. that you you have you cultivate or you don't yeah and I think everyone has their purpose and I think for sure you know 
it's hard. It's hard because our society makes some look sexier than others and makes us want it to look a certain way. It makes us want to be exactly what you're saying. You don't have to be. And it's, I think it's really, it's funny. It's like that, that saying, someone was talking to me about this saying the other day, like, find what you love and then you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And people, but the the truth is, and, and that I feel that that's true, but to find what we truly love in a world where there's so much distortion and mm. so much conditioning, pushing us towards, yeah. we're supposed to love this, this, that, you know, finding what we love is probably, and like, and then having that thing that, you know, I feel it when I serve tea, which is like, this is what I do. It doesn't matter if there's one person across the table or 10 people across the table or there's a, it's like fish and water kind of feeling. This is, this is just the thing. There's no me, there's no you, there's no anything. It's just like, I am moving completely in the flow of life. Um, which I think people might feel when maybe you'd feel that when you're painting, maybe, you know, my boyfriend's a musician. He feels like that when he's playing music, it's like, I don't know what's happening in life, but I know that this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing in this moment. And we can just let go of everything else. And um, I think it's really hard to find that. And that's, that's something that makes me really sad because we've, because our society has said some purposes are better than others. Some purposes are sexier than others. Some purposes are going to help you survive more than others, you know, and it's messed up. I think, I I think it's, it feels hard to find because so often we're taught to ignore what comes naturally to us anyway. I feel like when I, so it's like, I've always been an art, I was an artistic kid. I was in drama. I was a dancer. I did theater for all of my twenties. I painted like as a hobby. It was like, I was always making something. And I also had these spiritual interests that felt like a compartmentalized secret thing because it's like, well, this is, that's like what I was taught is that this is something that's private. It's not necessarily something that you share with the world. And I had like, uh, before our apprenticeship, actually, probably like one or two years before that, that was when I had like my real first dark night of the soul where I was just like, wow, I am not this anymore. But because I Mm. wanted to be an actor for so many years. I was just like, I don't know who I am without this, but I don't even think I care anymore. And so I went on this whole like journey where it's like, well, maybe I'll be a facialist. Maybe I'll be a therapist. I was going to go back and get like my master's. I was like, you know, what, mm-hmm. what is my purpose? I was asking, I was going to, I've been going to, my mom's taking me to readers since I was a kid, but I was like going, like someone tell me what I'm supposed to do. And it's like, we had our apprenticeship. I had a private mentor and everything, I was just like, man, somebody tell me, somebody tell me. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> just be who you naturally are already. And it was just like, so, so in a really strange way is that it was like, I found the thing I always was. Yeah. I just now accept it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I just now accept it. And you had the spaces that you needed to, to quiet down enough to get there. Yes. Um, and people that you trusted that are not going to tell you the answer or, you know, that understand that it's not something that can come through in that way. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's one of the hardest lines, the boundaries to hold. And at least in my work, 
when someone really wants you <laughs> to yeah. tell them, you know, when they really want you to have their answers or, um, or to give them the reassurance that, you know, isn't actually going to create the sense of security they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and it, but it's a real, but it's a real gift to offer to people. I'm glad you yeah. had that. Absolutely. Well, I want to come back to, I, I'm like, gosh, we could talk forever. We'll talk in Colombia. Maybe people, <laughs> people, if you come to Colombia, you'll get more of this over, over breakfast, <laughs> over lunch, over dinner. <laughs> um, but so last year, our creative project was weaving and we did bead weaving. I had gone to Colombia um, about six months before to create a sacred tool. And a part of that process was beading. And I met this beautiful family there who, you know, have become like my family. And I brought them to the retreat and everyone made earrings. So we wove earrings. And I've, it's, it's really great because the creative, whatever we learn creatively in Ceremony of Life, it's really something that we can take home as well. And so I have been weaving ever since. And I actually wove a pair of earrings for you, Allison. You did? Um, remember a really long time ago, I asked you for your address? Yes, I do, actually. What in the world? I'm terrible. Here's something about me, everyone. I am terrible with the mail. Like, horrible. I don't like checking it. I don't like opening it. I don't like sending it. And so I asked you for your address, like... <laughs> probably like years eight ago. ago or something. Yeah, a long time ago. And I have I haven't mailed them. <laughs> oh my but God. it's actually how I knew it was a part of my process of realizing, oh, I want Allison to come on this retreat. It almost felt like this passing the baton that was like coming through the creative work that I learned on the last one. And um wait, wait, wait. So I'm like I presents. Managed- I have to ask. Wait, so before you started making them, were you like, I'm going to make something for Allison? Or you were making no. them and you were like, these feel like Allison? I was making them. And as I was weaving them, I because that's what happens a lot. I'll start weaving and it's as I'm weaving them, even if I think it's for one person, like I might start and then I'm oh. like, actually, this is so it really, you know, for me, whenever I weave things, they're often gifts. And it's like, moves through me and then I'm like okay here to this person so I'm gonna show you (laughs) okay oh my god I love them so these are the Allison earrings they're rainbows (laughs) they're rainbow octagons And it's actually this style of earring that I found in Colombia and then decided to recreate in my own way, like with the octagon on the octagon. Um, Or no, it's a hexagon. It's a hexagon on a hexagon. And so these, I'll finally mail them to you. (laughs) I'm excited. Can you see what the colors represent? It's just the rainbow. I see. Yeah, which I mean, hello. (laughs) 
just the rainbow. It's like rainbows everything. I mean, I'm like the guardian council of light. It's like I work with the rainbow a lot in my spiritual practice um, and in my nature practice. And so in that, you can think of them as quite like creative, but also shielding and really holding all of the mentor energies um, that come through color. I'm just thinking of it right now for the first time of like, oh, and we're going to be working with color. (laughs) So I'm seeing more of the symbol, more of the mysteries revealing herself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like we gave you a whole palette. Hello. (laughs) I know. So yeah, these are for you. They're the passing of the baton of the creative, the person holding the creative, um, creative energy of the retreat and um yeah I would love like I'll just speak a little bit more of what was shifting so when we're bead weaving and I think weaving in general requires a lot of focus it requires like mental acuity and I mean we were weaving up a storm you kind of get addicted and it's it's funny because you you bead in lines right and you're just there in the middle of the night. You're like, one more line, one more line. And I'm like, wow, this is very different than how other people say just one more line. Um, (laughs) So like late into the night, but it's like, it's, it's a very focused. You're getting, you're accomplishing something and it's, and it teaches you so much, but um. I wanted this next year to be feel more spacious. We have an extra day on the retreat. We have more. And I'm like, I want it to feel instead of like getting into structure, being a little bit more get into flow. Mm. And so I'd love to hear a bit about what you're, what you're excited to hold in this retreat through this painting journey that we're going to go on. I know Mm. it's not all there, but whatever to inspire people. Mm. Well, first of all, thank you. I I love earrings, period. I love earrings, period. So I'm like, oh, great. I, I, I will never take these off. So thank you. Um, <laughs> what I'm excited to hold, truly, it, it, is, it is, again, it comes back to this trust thing. I think, again, people cannot claim that they're creative because they're afraid of what the product will be. And so it's like, what, how do we get back to how we created when we were little, where it was like, it was actually just crayon to paper, paint to paper, pencil to paper, and just let things flow. Um, So just like kind of releasing this expectation. What does it, what happens when we just allow ourselves to be moved? Um, And there's always some sort of beautiful, beautiful surprise that comes from Mm -hmm. that. So that feels something like something I'm really excited to help people presence. Um, I, I really love making ugly stuff, like just taking the burden off that it's just like, you know what, I just want to move some color. Um, that feels exciting. I, I would love to share my ways of seeing with people where it's like, um, how are we visually taking in our surroundings? How are we visually relating to what is beautiful to us? Um, mm-hmm. feels exciting and then ultimately which is the main intention of my work period which is helping people remember their connection to spirit their own connection mm-hmm. to their oracular abilities to their own ability to 
really listen to what is for them specifically. And I think that that is Mm -hmm. actually the first step of finding purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you're speaking, I'm just feeling into if we focus less on the final product, realizing that our connection to spirit is always available through, through this expression. Yes. Whatever that is, whatever it looks like. It's like if we can focus on the conversation versus mm-hmm. the final product. Yes. That's probably brilliant way really to put beautiful. it. It's absolutely a conversation. It is mm-hmm. a conversation. Yeah. All relationship. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited to experience it for myself <laughs> and also mm-hmm. to see what we all come up with. I remember um, a few, I feel like an eagle just flew by. Hmm. I remember a few years ago, you came to visit me and a few years ago, probably many years ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's pre-2020. Yeah, I'm like, over five years ago, you came here, Allison. And yeah. <laughs> we went to... We went to an art store and you helped me get all this, all the art supplies because I really wanted to paint. And then I never did. We didn't have time to do it together. And then I never did it. And I think a lot of people find themselves in this position a lot. And then we got on a Zoom after the pandemic that summer and you were like walking me through it. (laughs) And I remember drawing one line and being like, oh my God. And then painting a second line and being like, it's horrible. I have to throw it away. You know, I can't, I can't, it's, this is the worst thing I've ever done. And it was so fascinating to watch so much come up. It's like, who cares? I care. And so the the little one in me cares. I don't know, whatever, all the things. And, and you you were there and so I kept going and I was like oh like with every like just dread in every stroke and then all of a sudden I saw a bird and I was like oh my god it's a bird it's not ugly it's so beautiful (laughs) and it was and I mean that was probably like 20 minutes not even of this and just it it just the the circle, the transformation, the the amount that's available to us in such a short period of time and as we're held with someone who can hold the trust while we're still learning to trust mm. in those situations is really beautiful. And I will say I have not painted since. Big fan of that bird. <laughs> <laughs> She's framed. She's hung. I laughed. I cried. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited to do the next step. And I and I just say yeah. that because I know that some people, it is scary to say yes to something like this. Some people, it's fun. Some people, it's scary. And, um, but it's, it's going to be a really beautiful thing to, to experience in a group, in a ceremonial setting, in a container that's really set for us being in contact with our souls. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of truth in that space for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that that's ultimately to take it back to this oracular process. I think so much about intuit intuition is about discovering your own intuitive language. Like at the end of the day, people mm -hmm. can teach you tools, but you always have to jump in. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we got to do it ourselves. <laughs> but then it's more fun. I, you know, I never yeah. play down those moments in my life. I know you know, sometimes we want to be more mature and what have you, but I never play down those moments in my life where I see it all coming together. My teacher, she's, she always gets a chuckle out of it. Cause I'll walk into her office and be like, it works. It works. You know, and it's this childish, like realizing, yeah. wow, like how the mystery, how the unseen, how the spirit world works, how everything is so much bigger than what we've been given in this life, mm -hmm. how much is available to us. And whenever there's something like that, I'm, I, I really like to take that moment to freak out like a little kid um, yeah. and be really excited because it is quite exciting. It is. It's hard to be a beginner and it's fun to be a beginner. Yeah. Once you, yeah. Once you kind of get somewhere that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> you're like no, once, it's not. once you it's see not the bird <laughs> once, once you, you see, see the bird, bird it's exactly. fun yeah. yeah well um okay so i want to we're coming up on time so i just want to feel into what else wants to be shared today and i'm trying to think of our oracle session yesterday too mm to feel into if there's anything that wants to come through. I don't know if you're, do you have anything? I mean, really the word reverence comes mm -hmm. up um, because it came mm -hmm. up so strong yesterday, but like the joy in reverence that it's like, mm -hmm. we can develop these practices. We can, we can get in touch with this reverent, sacred quality of life and also it's a really good time also it's not that serious also we get to like it's like it's so mundane in the mm -hmm. most beautiful way and it's like how do we tap into to to making this easy so that you can take this ceremony and ritual in your everyday life yeah yeah I love that and I feel like to complement that to the tea ceremonies and tea are very much that as well. I say that mm -hmm. to my students a lot. I'm like, sometimes I sit for tea and I just have some tea and I move on with my life. <laughs> right. And yeah. it doesn't have to, it, you know, to expect every moment to be this big spiritual experience is a is extractive <laughs> first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And it's what, makes the mundane not spiritual so it's like how do we actually create a container which is what we're doing in colombia create a container to actually make our life the way we move through it an offering when we mm -hmm. slow down when we are physical when we're not when we're in ceremony when we're eating when we're laughing when we're crying when we're painting when we're doing whatever how do we just live a life that is spiritual which means truly like open to spirit open to that yeah. connection being there and my own way of the way that I kind of come down from my egoic nature um, in those moments and to not take things so seriously is to think 
you know, life has told me that I'm as a 35 year old, I'm supposed to have it figured out. I'm supposed to be who I'm going to become now. And I realized, you know, I'm probably not going to become who I'm becoming until I'm like 70. And (laughs) that means I have as much life as I've lived to get there. Like my whole life, that amount of time, I have that much time to grow, to be, to experience life. I don't have to figure it out for next year, next two years, next three years. I don't need a five-year plan. I have a 35-year plan and it's spacious. Mm -hmm. And in that, it creates so much room to play, to go on retreats, to go to, you know, go on hikes, to go to, to stay at home, to go on vacation, to do all of the crazy stuff that I want to do in life. Because I don't have to understand how it works now. But when I'm 70, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Allison and I did do that thing. You'll probably be next to me. Um, (laughs) And we'll be like, and we'll probably still be like, I'm not who I'm becoming yet. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll be like, Mariana, stop talking about that damn bird. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, that bird is still my greatest teacher. (laughs) you'll have a a series of birds you'll just wallpaper your walls with them by that point (laughs) yeah well i do love birds and colombia where we're going has one of the highest biodiversity of birds in the world if not the highest so just putting that out there it's fun so um so yeah so everyone knows allison and i will be waiting for you in colombia it's um we're it's february 17th to 23rd we're going to be doing earth-based practices. That's really my goal. If Allison's holding down, how are you, you know, infinitely connected to spirit? I'm holding down, how are you infinitely connected to the earth? And we both hope that you leave this week with us confident in those connections, confident to your private, personal, always present access to spirit and earth, to spirit and mystery, to the above, to the below. And We're going to be doing earth-based practices. We're going to have our uh, painting journey with Allison. We're going to be doing tea twice a day. Um, Those of you who have tea practices, who have studied with me, you'll actually get to assist or serve and participate, get feedback, which people always love. And those of you who are new to tea, you're going to get to receive. And this is the most important part of beginning any journey in life is learning how to receive, learning how to receive learning how to receive before learning how to give or do just having that experience and have a special gift for those of you who decide to start your tea journey on retreat. And that is start your own tea practice. You will get access to the next round included in this Mm -hmm. retreat, which is like pretty unheard of and pretty dope. (laughs) So, um, and that'll probably happen in in the spring in April and and then the and then you're going to be surrounded by amazing community with like-minded values and the last thing i got to say is the food i got to shout out the food you know <laughs> last year i went and i was like i'm going to be super healthy and i gave some dietary restrictions i was like i want to be gluten free and dairy free and i'm going to get so healthy and then like i saw the food and i was like i revoke all of my dietary <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> all my dietary needs. I want all the food exactly as you're going to make it. Right? It's just really delicious. They make all the food to order. It's so fresh. I've never seen a retreat center do it this well like this. And so um, we're going to be really nourished on every level. And that's important. Nourishment, mind, body, spirit. Gosh, I mean, there's so much more to say too. The indigenous people there, the heart of the world, what they're holding. We're going to be in ceremony with them. There's just a lot of goodness. So I'll leave the rest of the mystery if hopefully Allison and I have convinced you that that's important at this point. And <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come with us, you can check out my website, marianaridenhouse.com slash retreats. And if you have any questions, especially those pesky travel questions that's been coming up, it's really not hard to get there. I'll help you figure it out. Um, but just reach out to me, mariana at marianaridenhouse.com. Just send me an email, send me a note on Instagram, and we'll talk and see if it's a good fit. <sighs> I did some pretty good marketing right there. Yeah, you really, I was impressed. You hit it all. I feel like a radio presenter. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Thanks. I think I feel more like a radio presenter because there's a microphone in front of me. Um, <laughs> all right, Allison, famous last words. What do you want to say? I totally thought that we that was that was it that we were done recording. I was like, mm -hmm, great job. <laughs> I mean, really, in, in even just to speak to joining us is that it's like you you don't have to have ever held a paintbrush in your hand before. Um, you don't have to consider yourself anything to come play. So that feels really important to me. Um, yeah, and, and also, hmm, let me just sit with that. What wants to be said? I think the thing that feels exciting to me is this opportunity to fill the cup back up. I think it's been, I mean, personally, I will speak for myself. It has been a challenging year, challenging few years, really, but a challenging year. And um, to have these moments that are time out of time, I think are so important. And it's so like the healing that you can do in community, um, I, I feel like is an invaluable experience. So I think it goes back to what you were saying where it's like, you know, we do these things because we hear the call and whatever the experience ends up being. I think sometimes the gift is just the connection that you find with a person. And I really do feel that um, there's something really special lying ahead for us in this experience. Um, and it's, it's really like tea aside, art aside, it's being together um, with the magic of, the combination of people who will be there, who we don't know exactly what that will be yet, but I have a feeling it's going to mm -hmm. be exactly as it's meant to. And I'm really excited to see who's going to be there and who's going to answer the mm -hmm. call. Yeah. I can say for now that the people who have, who are going to be there are some of my favorite people from all over the world in my community that I haven't met in person yet. I'm so excited. And so it's going to be a really good group already. And I'm excited for all of those who who show up to fill these vital spots. And 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I'll just say my final thing is listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. All right. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for being here today. Thank you for having me and for my earrings. I'm you're so, so You're so welcome. Now I have to get them in the mail. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To stay tuned for future podcasts and new offerings, sign up for my newsletter at marianarittenhouse.com. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra. That's of the earth in Spanish. Oh, and if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you should definitely join us for tea. My students and I serve tea ceremonies two to three times a week at my home in the mountains, and we'd absolutely love to have you. You can see the schedule and sign up on the ceremony section of my website. I want to give special thanks to our beautiful Earth Mother and all of our relations for constantly inspiring me and this work. This beautiful podcast music was created by Castanea David Brown. As always, Thank you for being, and thank you for being here. Until next time.